Welcome once again to Maple Grove Covenant Church as we begin a, a new series entitled I Fish. It's a series on evangelism based on the words of Jesus. That Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So I'd just like to do a little uh, survey, hey, just a little poll as we begin our series this morning. just like to have a show of hands if there are any fishermen in the house today. Anybody here love to fish? You're into fishing. Anybody excited about the fishing opener next weekend? Anybody excited about fishing opener? Any ice fishermen here? The, the true fishermen. There you are in the back. I see you out there. How about anybody here uh, fly fish? Anybody here into fly fishing? That's a little more of, a, of an art. Okay. Uh, anybody here ever catch a fish before? Let me just see those, those raise your hands. Have you ever been fishing? You've ever caught a fish? That's just about everybody here has caught a fish at some time in your life. Anybody have a family member that's like passionate about fishing? You know, all they want to do is fish. All they talk about is fishing. You know, they, they, they get the magazines, you know, they, they buy the boat. They got the little fishing lures. They, they're just excited and passionate about fishing. I mean, they stay up late. They get up early. They smell like a fish. I mean, they just love to fish. I got a brother that's like that. He's just passionate about fishermen. Like he, he wears a shirt. It's like fish or die. You know, anybody got family members like that? They wear shirts, you know, and they got the fishing lures and fishing hat. They just love to fish. And my brother's always saying, hey, let's go fishing. Hey, Chad, let's go fishing. You know, he lives in Wisconsin. You know, it was, it was a, it was fishing opener on Saturday in Wisconsin. Come over to Wisconsin. You know, let's go fishing. Just, they always want to fish. They're always inviting you to fish. They, they smell like a fish. They're passionate about fishing. And, and most of us, if not all of us, in the land of 10,000 lakes, we have fished at some point in our lives. I mean, some of us are really into fishing. You know, we live, eat, and breathe for them. And some of us have, like, caught a fish once or have tried to fish a few times. But all of us have been around fish. Most of us, at some point in our lives, have tried to catch fish. But my next question is this. And you don't have to raise your hand on this one. Has anyone here ever fished for men? Anyone here ever get passionate about evangelism and sharing your faith? Anyone here excited to reach out to people and let them know about Jesus? See, most of us, if we were honest, are pretty scared when it comes to fishing for men. Like most of us, if we were honest, we'd rather be, you know, like working or we'd rather be... Um, you know, going to school, or, or we'd rather be going to the dentist, you know, except instead of fishing for men, instead of sharing our faith, instead of evangelizing those that are distant from God. I mean, most of us would rather be doing anything else instead of sharing our faith. Evangelism scares. I mean, I mean, proselytizing is like this unacceptable word in our culture. The thought of sharing our faith is intimidating, and we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. You know, we're not very good at fishing for men. It was uh, not that long ago uh, that uh, a friend of mine uh, was, was recent. He recently came to faith and he was excited about his faith. And he was driving in a car on a two lane highway and he had some passengers in the car with him. And he wanted to share his faith with his family and friends. I wasn't in the car. I was in, a, in another car. But they were driving along, and he was explaining his faith and how he came to faith in Jesus and how he knew he was a sinner and he knew he was a Savior. And, and he, was, he was really getting excited about his new life in Christ. And his, his listeners weren't as excited. 
And they weren't really engaged in the conversation, so he kind of got a little bit more excited. But the conversation wasn't going so well. And they were asking him some questions, you know, how do you know Jesus is the only way? And what about the problem of pain? And, and he wasn't able to answer some of these questions. So, so out of desperation and almost out of panic, uh, he, he saw a, a semi uh, going in the opposite direction on, on the two-lane highway, and he got an idea. And, and he, he went into the other lane of the highway and he went on to say, if we were to die today, you'd go to hell and I'd go to heaven. And the semi goes by and he rushes back in and whoosh. See, some of us aren't very good at fishing. <laughs> That's not the best way to explain the message of salvation. This fear tactic, this panic tactic, because he didn't have the right answers. He didn't know how to respond. He, he, he didn't engage fully in this process of sharing our faith with the people that we love. And, and he didn't know how to fish because most of us are not good at it. Most of us, when we're getting these conversations, we don't know what to say or we don't know what to do or we don't say anything at all. And that's why we're going to do this series. That's why we're going to talk about what it means to be fishers of men. Because when Jesus walked the earth, he said these very profound words. One of the first words that Jesus said, Jesus said in, in recorded in the Gospel of Mark, one of these first words, one of these most profound words were this. He said, follow me and I will make you into something that you're not. I will make you a fisher of men. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. In it, you will find these first words that Jesus says to these first followers of him. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1, second book of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark chapter 1, in verse 14, we're going to hear these words that Jesus says. We want to see them in their right context. Mark is, is, uh, is quick gospel. Read just, 17, or just 16 chapters. I encourage you to read it. But in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14... We read this. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. Now, this is John the Baptist. Remember, he was the forerunner of Jesus. He's in prison. And so now it's Jesus' turn to teach, to talk about this message, this good news. See, Jesus has some information to share. He's got some relevant information, some important information, and some information that's good. And this is the good information, verse 15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. The time is now. God's kingdom is near. The Messiah has come to establish God's kingdom on earth. And when the first readers and when the first listeners heard Jesus say these words, I mean, they, they responded, yes. Finally, the Messiah will come to establish his reign on rule on earth. Finally, we've been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years. Finally, God will establish his government of justice. The Romans will be overthrown. Finally, the Messiah has come. God's kingdom is near. But Jesus says, repent, turn. Turn from understanding your understanding of reality and turn towards God. Repent of your understanding of the world and turn towards God so that you might see his kingdom on earth. Turn, believe, 
The Messiah has come. The time is now. Turn, pay attention, align yourself with God's will and God's way because he's bringing his kingdom to earth. Turn and believe. Last week I gave a short illustration about what happens when you walk along the beach by the ocean. If you remember, if you walk along the beach by the ocean in one direction, you can't hear the wind at all. It's just like it doesn't even exist. But if you turn and you walk in the opposite direction along the beach at the ocean, you can hear the wind blowing in your ear. And the same is true in our spiritual development. That direction dictates your sensitivity to the wind blowing. And as you align yourself with God's will, you're able to see God at work in the world. So the only people that will be able to see God's kingdom coming down, God's kingdom being established, are those that are looking, are those that are watching, are those that are anticipating God's kingdom coming to earth. The only people that will see and experience God's kingdom are those that align themselves with what God wants to accomplish. Those that turn and believe that the kingdom is near. And Jesus was watching. Jesus was looking. Jesus was was searching for people that were aligning themselves with what God wanted to accomplish on earth. In verse 16, we read this. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. See, see, Jesus is looking. Jesus is watching. He's looking for people that are aware of God's kingdom and open to God's rule and reign. He's looking for people to follow him and bring God's kingdom to earth. And he sees Andrew and he sees Simon. And then he says these life-altering words. Then he says these words that changes the direction of these two men's lives for the rest of their life. These words that changed my life. These words that change and are changing our lives. Jesus says this, verse 17. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, Follow me. Laka harai. Come, follow me. Come participate in what I am doing. Come join the movement of God. Come follow me and I will do something inside of you. I will make you into something that you're not. A fisher of men. So if you notice, Jesus did not say, come follow me and I will make you more religious. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, come follow me, and I will give you a ticket into heaven. Jesus didn't say, come follow me, and I will make you a really, really nice person. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, come follow me, and I'll make you a better husband, or a better wife, or a better parent, or a better student. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you into a fisher of men. He didn't say, come follow me, I'll make you nice. Come follow me, make more patient. Come follow me, and, and I'll guarantee. He says, come follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. See, most of us trusted Christ as our Savior and followed him as our Lord so that when we die, we get to heaven, right? Most of us trusted Christ and followed him as Lord because there was this hole in our heart that we knew only he could fill. Most of us follow Christ so that we could be better husbands or better wives or better people or or better employees, that we could become more than we are today. And God knows that. 
I mean, God, Jesus knows that. And following him, we do get to go to heaven when we die. And we do become more loving and more patient and more kind. And, and, And all that. But that's not the invitation. See, what Jesus said to his first followers was simply this. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. See, we come to faith because we want to go to heaven when we die. Or we want to become better people. And, 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 and that's all good and great. But as we turn and as we align ourselves with God's will for us, and as we are more aware of what God wants to accomplish on the earth, God makes us into something we are not. Fishers of men. See, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And apparently that was enough. Apparently that's all these guys needed to hear. Apparently that was enough because in verse 18, it says this. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once, right away. They they didn't want to miss their moment. They knew there was no time to lose. So they dropped their nets and at once they followed Jesus. That's all they needed to hear was an invitation to bring God's reign, to bring God's rule, to become a fisher of men. And they dropped everything to follow Jesus. And they weren't the only ones. We read on, verse 19. When he, when Jesus had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, these two men, uh, without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, And they followed him. They dropped what they were doing. They had no time to lose. They didn't want to leave. They didn't want to miss their moment. So they immediately left their dad in a boat. They dropped their temporary nets to pick up eternal ones. To become fishers of men. They responded to this invitation to follow Jesus by saying yes. I want to be a fisherman. I want to bring God's reign and rule to the earth. I want to participate in the movement of God now. I don't want to miss my moment. I, they dropped everything to follow Jesus. See, one of the things that just jumps right off the pages of the scriptures. One of the, one of the truths that just jump right off the pages of the scripture and that summarize this whole series, that summarize this entire talk is simply this. That to follow Jesus is to fish. That followers fish. That the invitation of Jesus is not to become a better person, uh, a more kind, more generous, but to become a fisher of men. See, earlier I asked you the question, does anyone in here fish? And if you're a follower of, of Christ, the answer to that question is yes, I fish. Because followers Fish. To follow Jesus is to fish for men. That's the invitation that Jesus invites each one of us to enter into. To follow is to fish. But most of us are afraid of fishing. Most of us would rather be doing anything else except fishing for men. Most of us would rather be shopping or teaching or working or going to the dentist or doing anything else except sharing our faith. Or leading someone to Christ because it's challenging. It's difficult. There's hard questions. Most of us don't see ourselves 
as evangelists, as fishermen. And most of us forget the words of Jesus. See, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will change you. I will transform you. I will make you into something that you are not. I will do something inside of you that reflects my reign on, and rule on earth. Follow me and I'll bring people across your path. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. See, God knows our fears. God knows our challenges. God knows how difficult or how complicated or how challenging it is at times to share our faith with the people that we love. That's why Jesus promises. He says, follow me, and I'm going to do something inside of you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you into making you a fisher of men. So we've got to remember who Jesus was talking to, right? We've got to remember these first followers of, of Christ. You know, it's Simon and, and Andrew. It's Peter. Remember the guy who, who took his sword and chopped off a guy's ear? I mean, he's compulsive. He, he kind of speaks out of his mouth. I mean, he, he kind of lets it all go. And, and then you got James and John, you know, the, the sons of thunder. I mean, these guys had issues, right? These guys had some, some stuff going on. These are unschooled, ordinary Joels, labor workers. But after spending time with Jesus, after spending three and a half years with Jesus and watching Jesus and hearing Jesus, and after the Holy Spirit coming down upon these men, did, did Jesus' promise come true? Yeah. God made them into something they were not. Fishers of men. And that's God's invitation. That's God's promise for each one of us. I will make you fishers of men. See, this is God's work. We can all just have a sigh of relief. Because God's the evangelist. God is more concerned about your neighbors and your family and your co-workers than you are. And God can choose to do it without you. I mean, he's the sovereign one, right? I mean, he's the Lord Almighty. He, he, can, he can save someone through dreams or visions or, or through a cloud or through, through some supernatural way. But God chooses to invite us to participate in bringing his kingdom to earth. He doesn't need us. He could do this on his own, but he invites each one of us to follow him and experience the joy and privilege of fishing for men. See, God says, I'm calling each one of you to let go of your temporary nets and to pick up eternal ones. To let go of the things that always are on your mind about your house or your job or your school and think about eternal things, things that will last forever. See, to follow is to fish. Following Jesus means fishing for men. Jesus did not invite us. He didn't say, follow me and I'll make you more religious or follow me and I'll make you more disciplined. Follow me and I'll make you a better husband or a better father or a better wife. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I know it's hard and I know it's challenging and I know sometimes we don't know what to say or what to do, but that's why God says, I'm going to do something inside of you. I'm going to make you into something that you are not. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And all you need to do is turn. All you need to do is turn from your own understanding of what it means to follow me, to turn and align yourself with my will and open up your heart to let me do a work inside of you so that you might become something that you're not, a fisher of men. Earlier this week, I, I had the privilege of spending some time with a member of our congregation, uh, Dolores Grout. 
And, and Dolores and her husband, Dan, uh, I think that, that they are fisher people. You know, they have learned how to align their lives with God's will and open up their hearts and their homes to allow young people to get to know Jesus better. Over the last 20 years, they've done a thing called uh, His Kids Club or, or Kids for Christ Club. They did this experience in their home the last 20 years on a Wednesday night or a Wednesday afternoon where they would allow 15, 20, 30 kids, 35 kids into their home and do a little program where they hear a message, they'll do a game or a craft, and they'll have a lot of fun, and they'll learn about Jesus. And on this Mother's Day week, and I just wanted to share Dolores' story with you and her husband, Dan, via video. So please enjoy this couple as they have learned how to fish for men. We first became acquainted with Kids for Christ Club through our friends, Tim and Carol. I would say a little bit of the motivation might have been just raising our family. We thought it'd be fun to have a club right here in our house, and I think it gave them some good some good memories. Um, I think back when Joe, our youngest, was a little old for club, he was in junior high, and he stood up there with um, his army gear on and and spoke about the armor of God, and so it, it was certainly. Um, fun to watch our kids grow up with their friends coming here. Well, first of all, we want to see kids come to the Lord. And um, we've, we've had a lot of kids here who don't go to church and would never maybe hear. Um, and then we have a lot of kids who go to church, but it warms your heart watching them come to club. And, you know, the first month or so, hardly anyone prays when you get a prayer request and prayer time, and then just watching him grow. Uh, Phil was a really cute little guy, and um, Tim a little guy, and we kind of laughed because the first time he came to club, he came with his older sister and, and kind of held on and was, you know, um, very apprehensive. And, um, and Phil came to club a lot, quite a few years, and... Um, then we didn't hear too much from him, and, and he's grown up now, went off to college, and uh, he went to Eau Claire and became very involved with Campus Crusade for Christ. And um, Phil and um, Rachel Nearson have kind of reconnected. Um, they both went to club, and they are on fire for the Lord. And um, Phil has gone on lots of... Um, mission trips and has uh, led numerous people to the Lord and um, you know when I look back and see this timid little kid sitting there in the front row and I think of him leading men's Bible studies and um, he and Rachel are on the worship team now for Campus Crusade and um, we just really rejoice because that's that's a time in life when you're going to either maybe embrace your faith or drift away from the Lord. And um, it's really exciting to see someone so on fire for the Lord. And so we're really thankful that we got to know him. It was our job to plant the seeds. And that's all we have to do is plant the seeds. And anyone can do that. Trust me, if I can do it, anyone can do it because... Um, 
I, I just know that. Uh, so, but I think it's important just to be, um, to have an open heart and open eyes to, um, I mean, every day when I start with devotions, I say, Lord, open my eyes to show me something for eternal that I can do today, something for your kingdom. And wow, when you do that and open up your heart, he will show you. He will show you every single day in amazing ways. So I would just encourage everyone to always be in prayer about who the Lord might lay on your heart to share, to share him with. We're, we are so just ordinary people and um, you know, I think of the story where the boy gave his lunch and what Jesus did with two fish and um, five loaves of bread. Honestly, it is not, other than offering what we have, which is not much, um, the Lord just took it and made something beautiful out of it. And um, and that's all you have to do is give him what you got and be a vessel and... Um, we give him all the glory. He has blessed us way more than we've blessed anyone. And um, so we just praise him for showering us with all these years of, of blessing with Kids for Christ Club. It's, it's been an honor to be an ambassador for him. Anytime you're helping someone grow spiritually, and now we're talking about forever and all this other stuff that I sometimes get sidetracked with. Like scripture says, it's considered rubbish. Next to that, it's just nothing. So what do you call Dolores? I mean, you, you can call her a great neighbor. Uh, you, you can call her a fantastic mother or a faithful wife. You can call her a good friend, but, but you can call her a fisher person. Because she aligned herself with what God wanted to do. And she opened up her heart. She opened up her eyes. She opened up her home and said, God, make me into something that I am not. Use me to fish for men. Use me and my limited amount of time and my limited amount of skills. And, and, and I'm just an ordinary person. You know, I'm not some rock star. You know, I can't sing a tune and everyone wants to come and listen. I'm just an ordinary person. Would you use me for eternal purposes? See, that's the invitation that Jesus invites each one of us to. He says, follow me and I will make you into something that you're not. I will make you a fisherman. And all you need to do is open up your heart, open up your eyes. Open up your home, open up anything, and, and just allow God to transform you to become a fisher of men. Now, some of you might be thinking, but I'm not Dolores Grouch, you know. I don't have this, that, or the other thing. And, and God knows that. God placed you in your home or in your workplace or in your school so that you might become a fisher of men. You know, during this time that I was interviewing Dolores, I asked a friend to talk to some of the people that attended Kids for Christ Club. Now, Dolores didn't know that I solicited some of these comments, but I asked some of the kids over the last 20 years that have participated in Kids for Christ Club to comment on some of the things that have resulted in their life as a result of participating in the club. And uh, 
Chelsea says this, I just want to let you know, Dolores, how much I appreciate everything you have done for me and everyone else involved in Kids for Christ Club. It meant so much to me through the years and it had such a strong effect on my life with Christ. Club was something for all of us to look forward to every week. It was an opportunity for us to get together with our friends and learn about the Lord. It, it has helped so much in my faith by going to club and learning Bible stories, singing songs, reciting verses. It was a great experience for us kids to take part in. You're such a blessing to all of us. I have enjoyed getting to know you and your family throughout the years, and I want to thank you for all that you have done for my family and me. Thank you so much for your time and everything that you have done for us all. It's so greatly appreciated. And then Lizzie, a grade school that's a student that's currently in the club, says this, I like kids' club because I've learned to live the way God wants me to. And I love Dolores because I know I can talk to her about anything. Mitchell says this, Kids for Christ was a great experience that I look forward to every week. I learned a lot during those uh, weekly messages that has strengthened my relationship with the Lord. And Missy says, I'll never forget the years I spent with Dan and Dolores in Kids Club. I always look forward to Wednesday afternoons with all my neighborhood friends. And looking back, and I'll realize the commitment that, I, that, that they made to us all. And then, and then Missy says this, Happy Mother's Day, Dolores. You're a wonderful person who has made an impact on my life. Uh, Lexi says this, Dolores truly was the coolest teacher in the neighborhood. During the time I participated in, in Kids for Christ Club, I was going through a difficult time connecting with other kids at my church. And going to Kids for Christ with Dolores made me feel at home in my new neighborhood, as well as confident in my faith as I grew. Alyssa says, you know, I still remember the songs that we would sing. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to die. No, never. Jesus died on the tree for me. I'm going to live forever. Alex says, it was probably the first time that I ever prayed out loud. And it was one of the, the biggest impacts in my faith. And Jill just, just mentioned how Dolores' love for the Bible and enthusiasm to teach younger kids was a wonderful example. Words can't describe how thankful she is. And then Rachel commented, and, 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 the, and the letter I'd like to leave you with is one that Phil and Rachel wrote together. They didn't write it uh, recently. They wrote it about a year ago. And Phil and Rachel, uh, Dolores mentioned Phil in the little video clip, uh, wrote this. Greetings from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. As you may have heard, Rachel and I have had the opportunity to reconnect after almost a decade that has passed since we were both in Kids for Christ Club. Throughout this process, we couldn't help but nostalgically reminisce on our Wednesday night experiences at the Grout House. And they went on to write about how fun it was and the treasure chest and the, and the drum roll. And they talked about how their faith has grown and how they're sharing their faith with others. And then they write this. They quote 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4, that says, Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being example of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And then they write this. We are confident that someday in heaven, you will receive the crown of glory for all your efforts and your incredible stewardship of those entrusted to you. Ultimately, we believe your rewards in heaven will be innumerable, and we can't fully express our gratitude for what you have done in our lives eternally. Love, Phil and Rachel. This is what happens when you fish. This is what happens when we are open to God. 
and what God might want to do in our lives. When we open up our hands and we open up our hearts and we open up our eyes and say, God, what might you want to accomplish through me for your kingdom today? This isn't about Dolores and Dan. This is about God at work through people that are open, through people that are willing to share Christ with others. And if there's something tugging in your heart today that says, yes, I want to be like that, or says, yes, I want people to say that about me, or says, yes, I want to be a fisher of men, then my advice to you this morning would be simply this. Open up your heart and just tell God, God, I'm afraid to fish. God, I know I'm not very good at fishing. God, I'm kind of scared of fishing. But if you want to do something inside of me, I'm I'm giving you my mouth. I'm giving you my eyes. I'm giving you my heart. Do something inside of me to make me a fisher of men. Do something inside of me that hasn't been done before because I want to follow you and become a fisher of men, If that's your prayer, if that's your desire, we're going to spend a little time asking God to do a work among us. I'm going to have the band come on up here and they're going to play a song in preparation for the offering. But this is a time for us to respond to this message that to follow is to fish. That Jesus invites each one of us to come to him and become a fisher of men. See, when you walked in this morning, everyone received a bobber. Just like you to grab your bobber. See, this little bobber here is just a tool that fishermen use, that fisherwomen use to fish for fish. And this little bobber here this morning is a reminder to you of who you are. This little bobber is a reminder to you of what God wants to do in you and through you. Because Jesus did not say, follow me and I'll make you more religious. Follow me and attend church services. Follow me and I'll make you a better husband, a better wife. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And what I love for you to do is to take this bobber and write your name on it. And, and in response to the question, do you fish? The answer is yes, I fish. As a follower of Christ, I fish. And to put your name on it. And then put it somewhere to be a reminder for you that God has called you to be a fisher of men. Put it in your car, put it in your purse, put it on your dresser. Put it in a place that when you wake up and you do your devotions, you can open up your heart and say, God, I want to be a fisherman. Open up my eyes this morning to the people that I might meet, that I might have an eternal impact on, on their lives. See, here's the truth. God did not place you in your neighborhood just to have a place to sleep at night. God did not place you in your work just to have a paycheck. God didn't place you in your school just to get an education. God placed you in your neighborhood, in your home, in your family, and in your school to be a fisher of men. To bring God's kingdom to earth. To align ourselves in such a way that we are open to what God might want to accomplish. And then to do that. Not with our own might, not with our own power, but being sensitive to the Spirit's leading. So I'd just like you to take this bobber and sometime this week, write your name on it. Put it in a place where you can remember this invitation to follow Jesus and fish for men. Because following Jesus means fishing for men. And to follow is to fish. Will you pray with me?
Gracious God and Father, we are so thankful for Jesus and the life we have in Christ. Thank you for the sacrifice that he made on our behalf and the invitation that he gives to each one of us this morning. Come follow me. Come open up yourself to the possibility of becoming a fisher of men. And Lord, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, you would be prodding and you would be working and that we would be responding to this invitation to become something that we're not. Fishers of men. So we give you our lives. We give you this time. Do a work in us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.